wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. Another episode of Nerdyverse here at Nerd Herder. Welcome. I'm J Dub. And the Boop. And we're here. Uh, we're back uh, doing our thing, back on the horse, uh, the bat horse. The bat horse. I'm sure it's been done before. Multiple sources confirm. I'm, cer- it's I'm been sure done he's got a bat horse somewhere. Adam mm-hmm. West's Batman definitely has a bat horse. I think he is the bat horse. He is the bat horse. Get up and ride your Adam West bat horse, guys. Uh, welcome to the show. If you can't tell, we're talking about Batman's uh, still here uh, because we are looking forward to, much like a lot of people, the newest and uh, latest entry in the Batman verse. Yes. Um, there's many a Batman uh, to discuss. And so, what we wanted to do leading up to the new one with Robert Bat Battens and Bats uh, is look back at those that have come before, those that you might yeah. say paved the way for his sparkly, glistening body um and just discuss those with other people that love batman uh and only batman only Um, batman (laughs) no we're an equal opportunity bat love show here and uh we searched and scoured the internet we didn't have to go far because we know a lot of cool and crazy people and a lot of people that are uh particularly fascinated with bats and their nipples and so it, when thinking of who could possibly do these films justice, uh, you know, the two Batmans with the most nipple uh, to film ratio, uh, we could think of none other than the lovely, illustrious, and uh, swole and nipply uh, Kev. <laughs> Hi, <up>, buddy. Kev? <laughs> I'm dying back here, man. I, I genuinely hope that you applied the chopping balm just in oh, case. Right. No, I'm wearing tassels. little bat tassels for your just in case just in case um i I feel like we need all right parental warning here there's going to be a lot of bat nips in this episode we're going to see how many bat nips you can fit in a podcast today absolutely Um, bursting to the seams right cutting glass kev how are you in your nipples right now uh not (laughs) chafed um totally uh erect and and titillated um, and ready Ooh. to discuss perhaps <laughs> the most colorful entries into the Batman yes. pantheon, uh, the Schumacher films. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, these films, yeah, colorful is an appropriate word. Yes. Um, the Dark Knight has never looked so bright uh, mm-hmm. as when Joel Schumacher took the helm. Full um, tilt. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Boy, so, uh, and these aren't the only nipples we've gr- we're going to have on screen today. Uh, we also have returning friend of the show, and Bat Elite Justice. Hi, Justice. Hey, you know we hey, can't hey, talk hey. about Batman without talking about Justice. Hey. Yeah, Batman, Justice. I don't know what I, whatever <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> whatever <laughs> I want to be. No. Right. Just don't talk about Martha. Um, Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> Uh, well, welcome back to the show. Justice feels like you never left. It does. It does. I'm still <laughs> hungry from last time. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> haven't eaten. <laughs> didn't didn't, didn't uh, eat, drink, or sleep. You were just waiting to talk about Batman. Mm-hmm. I've been As sitting always. here for like a week. 
Right. Yeah, <laughs> you can see my I'm, a beer grew in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of disappointed you didn't wear the onesie, Kev. I, I was I was I, I thought maybe that was going to be uh your your uniform for this event. I would, but it's not cold enough here in Texas, and like like that thing, is it ever? <laughs> occasionally, like for like two hours, right? You know, then that thing it's as comfortable as it is. It gets stifling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so, I, I am sure imagine. that that's a great word for Texas in general, stifling. <laughs> uh, shout out to Texas. Um... <laughs> Don't do that. Don't encourage us. Don't encourage us. Shout out to a specific place uh, in Texas. Well, I, I'm I'm certainly glad uh, we're coming in hot with um, some some fun and and some energy because um, I think it's very easy to do an episode like this about films like these and uh, just be another podcast that complains on the internet. Um, Whereas I, I'm hopeful, and certainly from my perspective, I think this can be a lot of fun because these films are actually pretty dang fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, coming in hot with that, we're coming in from a positive perspective. Um, obviously, the comment section, both here live and later after the fact, is open. Um, we will have the Holy Jerry uh, in there yes. uh, blessing people and, and praying Jerry. for you. <laughs> If, uh, you know, these films ruined your childhood, but uh, otherwise, you know, we're just trying to be open and accepting of all Batman, um, certainly. And um, I, one thing we wanted to do going into each episode, uh, because we make no mistake, uh, this isn't flattery. This isn't uh, platitudes. We pick each and every guest for a reason, um, mostly because it was the short list of people we thought of when we were like, we should talk about Batman. Uh, and for a reason, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And and so I wanted to know, I wanted to open up for that. Um, Justice, I'm not going to ask you because you were here last week. You kind of already did this. Um, but yeah. Kev, for you, why Batman? What like what is it about Batman that you love so much? Um, so I, I did watch the, the Burton episode and I knew this was coming. So I had plenty of time to think about it. You write your and, thesis. Yeah. So, I mean, as far back as I have memory... Batman has been a presence in my life. And uh, I was always fascinated with it from, from a young age on. Cause I, I grew up with um, I, was, I was a year old when Batman 89 came out. But so later on I, I watched it. I remember Batman returns uh, around the time it came out and Batman in the animated series was obviously a big, big thing in my life. And in thinking about what my draw to it is, what, what pulled me to that character was it's the dark side. And it's, it's a, he's a character. He's a, he's an individual that has found a way to channel harness and direct that darkness. And as a kid, I was always kind of attracted to the darker, more macabre stuff like Batman or horror movies or spawn, um, Mm. you know, things that were just a little edgier. Right. And, you know, it was, it was a, Batman was a, a way for me to, to relate to that darkness. Right. And, and, it was fascinating that that there was a character out there that was able to um, create a physical manifestation of that, and and that was always very fascinating to me. And I think like in thinking about it years later, that's probably the core of my draw to that character. Yeah, I get that. I like and nipples. that. And, and nipples. nipples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I like that. And and what's funny is, I mean. You, you could say in, in general with Batman's, that's very on brand, but 
oddly enough, I think even in these colorful, weird movies, um, they actually address a lot of that mm -hmm. sort of redirection that you're talking about uh, with Bruce Wayne's character. Absolutely. Um, they're, they're not all goofs and gaffs like I think a lot of people yeah. remember them to be. Yeah. It's a lot of goofs and gaffs, though. It is a lot. It is <laughs> a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And it's cool because, you know, Joel Schumacher was kind of he was he, especially with Batman Forever. He was kind of dipping into two different things. Right. Like the Silver Age Batman, which is obviously something he grew up with, which was a little brighter. Right. Um you know, it wasn't as heavy on the subject matter, but he was also attempting to dip into year one. Um, you know, there's a little bit of year one in there. And what I think is notable for Batman Forever and what it should get credit on is it for the time. It was one of the first Batman movies that kind of focused on Batman like he had an arc, yeah. you know, like the Burton films are great. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But like Tim Burton was really kind of fascinated with the villains, which makes sense for a guy like Tim Burton. It's a style. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Batman Bruce Wayne character in Batman Forever, he actually gets an arc. He is a central focus of the film, which was interesting for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I remember in Justice, you and I have kind of talked about this off camera recently. It, unintentionally, yeah. it just Batman comes up when we're together. Um, right. Like. I, yeah, I've always sure. been su super judgy of Kilmer's uh, Bruce Batman. Yes, you have. Um, I don't really like Kilmer. I'm just going to no, put that don't. out there. I, it's a it's a personal bias. Um, but I think his definitely got the most roundness to his mm -hmm. character. Um, I, like regardless of who played him, I felt like the characterization. Uh, was way better fleshed out. I liked the stuff with him dealing with his past. I liked the stuff of, of him dealing with mentorship of Robin and um, all of that. And arguably, you could even say I like Chris O'Donnell's Robin as a sort of mirror for his character. Um, and so, yeah, I, I absolutely think this is the most Batman, Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And, you know, this movie is incredibly queer-coded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so very queer coded like, oh yes it could be like a coming out story for oh yes if, yeah. look okay here's the thing when i talk to other queer people if you ask the question oh you know what's the movie that made you gay one of the most popular responses is batman forever because of chris really? o'donnell as robin yeah really yes i mean let's let's be real that is a He's a dashing, dashing young man. My only complaint with Chris O'Donnell was he was 23. Yes, playing old. a what, 16, man. 17? Well, yeah, like he's 23, but like, yeah. dude, you look 30. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's just a... <laughs> he's like, always... Hearing in his ear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, exactly. he's always... He's always... And that's a him thing. That wasn't a... Yeah. Right, let's make you look younger and hipper. Like, no, that was just Chris yeah. O'Donnell. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, 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 I try to be open with um, comic adaptions to film and that it may not always hit the right mark. It might not be boy wonder. It might not necessarily uh, aim for the same target. Um, but it definitely was a complete shift when, because Robin just screams youth. Mm -hmm. Like his, his whole character is, is kind of the embodiment of a young Batman. Mm-hmm. And so for a 20-something to kind of be that character for this one, it feels weird. A little bit. 
a little bit, but it's perfectly yeah. in keeping with like casting choices that you would get in 1995. Like, oh yeah, yeah. you're not you're not getting keeping. a kid on yeah. screen uh, no. in that role. No, and like let's let's say a good thing about Chris O'Donnell's Robin in Batman Forever. That costume was sick. It is wonderful. It was a play on like the his actual you know the Robin back in the day or whatever, and making that rubber <laughs> sound mm-hmm. weird yeah. saying it, but. It actually, yeah, I, I, that was one of my favorite parts, to be honest. Yeah. Even, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's kind of dope. You know, as a kid, you're like, that's the best costume in the world. You know, minus nipples or, or added the nipples, whatever. <laughs> added the know. nipples. They should have been the more. Don't be afraid of the nipple. They should have right. been more abusive, like really, really uncomfortably large areolas and like a half inch longer. Make you make know? them that we- Make them weapons. The at, weapons, uh, yeah. exactly. Of mass destruction. <laughs> Um, go bat nipples. It, so, it, but it's, it's like, funny how everybody talks about the nipples, but nobody addresses what well, not as much. Um, the because it's usually right after the nipple scene or the nipple suit part of the suit, and they turn around and do the butt part the of butt. the suit. The butt, yes. yeah. yeah the like, butt. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> let's hand it to Joel Schumacher, man. Those those suit up montages. He knew what he was mm-hmm. doing. I, I will say that does, uh, other than the butt, it does get you pretty pumped up. Like when they're when they're, you know, putting on the gauntlets, they're grabbing their weapons. Like, yeah. It, yeah. it feels like, all right, let's go kick some, you know, um, oh. what, what's funny is I've been kind of on this journey. If If anybody hangs around Star Wars Twitter, you might see the. Star Wars shot by shot account. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might actually be a couple, but um, there's one in particular that's going through um, the Attack of the Clones film, and it's exact exactly what it sounds like. It's just a tweak per shot per day or so. Um, and some Lucasfilm staff have been like catching on to that and sharing little tidbits uh, of information. And what I've learned is how much in post production isn't actually the actors. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of times that Dooku walking down a hall isn't Christopher Lee or the amount of times that Django pushing a button isn't Tamara Morrison. And so I love to think about like the the ladies that swoon in that scene of seeing Val Kilmer's rubber clad butt. And it's Chad from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bill it's just, the Grip. It's yeah, just some nice guy. Double caked <laughs> up on a Thursday afternoon. Good job, Chad. Like um, here's a yeah. here's a radical thought. Like Bob Kane was on the set of yeah. Batman Forever. What if that's Bob Kane's butt? Right. I well, love that. And 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 on the, the topic head. of butts, before we get uh, somehow serious from this, <laughs> uh, if Captain America is America's ass, like who whose is Batman's? The ghetto. That's Gotham's ass. The ghetto. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the, the whole thing. Ass. He's vengeance his ass. <laughs> I, I think I think it was uh justice on the last one. Like you you made that parallel of like, I mean, that's just white Detroit. Like yeah. that's just Gotham is just straight up like an analogy of gang violence, the hood, like all of that stuff. Really? So really. I mean that's the cool thing about the Schumacher films is yeah. like, you know, with with the Burton films, you get this really like gothic and uh, you know, Boop said it, German expressionist kind of version of Gotham. And with the Schumacher films, it's like, it's almost like Vegas. It's it's mm. bright and there's neon and awesome. stuff. And it was really interesting because like in some of the later films, it looks like any other city. It looks like, like I, I was in Chicago last year and there's buildings in Chicago. It's like, oh, I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? 
with the Schumacher films, it had this entirely interesting and new look that like they, they I, if only they had the time to explore that more and to get more street level with it and to get more shots of that. Cause that was a really fascinating Gotham to see. Cause I don't think I've ever seen Gotham represented like that ever since, you know, no. for sure. Like uh, all of... a... I'm sorry. Hey. Uh, no, I was just going to say of all of the things that like have stuck around from the Gothic Burton influence, um, the architecture of Gotham itself is li- like the quickest thing they moved on from actually. Yeah. Makes me sad. I miss yeah. the angles and the giant statues. Yeah. What were you going to say, Justin? Oh, no, I was going to say they def- I feel like they definitely spent a lot of time showing uh, uh, the people more. I mean, I, I know that there was a there was a couple of scenes in, um, in uh, Batman and Batman Return where you see, you know, the people, you know, they're on uh, whatever... Uh, City you Hall, see the, the, the 12 oh. extras they got in front yeah. of the, the fake bank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just for, <laughs> you know, the Joker's people to shoot them all down. But <laughs> yeah. but in, in Schumacher, you see a lot of uh, news reports. You see a lot of the, uh, like, the people where Bruce Wayne is going to the circus and it's all these people. Bruce Wayne is going to uh, the, what is the ball or something like that. Yeah. Um, and going all these places where you see all these, you know, people, the actual people of Gotham, a lot of actual up. nightlife, and uh, and whatnot, constantly, that yeah. he is yeah. everywhere, right? He's at Gossip all the major Gertie. functions, yeah. Gossip Gertie, Gossip Gertie, too. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, that that kind of gets on to, I think, the biggest <clears throat> direction that a lot of people go, uh, with these films, and it's an easy one to kind of pick on in that. Uh, they're just a huge tone shift. I mean, mm-hmm. from the design of Gotham to the design of the the heroes and villains, I think, um, uh, to the humor, uh, to the sort of uh, line deliveries and everything, there there's definitely a, a bit more easygoing approach to these films. Uh, I don't know if you... I mean, Kev, you mentioned like the dark and, and the uh, mysterious Batman uh, and whatnot, but like, I don't know if you have a preference of your stoic Batman versus your quippy Batman, your colorful Gotham versus your kind of just gothic Gotham. I, I don't necessarily have a preference. I just meet it where it is. Um, mm. I'm totally open to as many different interpretations of this character as you want, because I think that like, if it's just one way, that's boring. Like that's the, like, like, you know, I want I want different interpretations. I want everything from the bright night of Adam West to, you know, uh, five foot nine um, little Batman and Michael Keaton. And, you know, I want mm-hmm. I want all of it because it's all interesting and it's all it all fits within its own little thing. You know, like so with the Schumacher film specifically, it was like, you know, yeah, if you try to compare it to what we live in now, the kind of the modern comic book age we live in now, of course it's going to leave you wanting. But if you meet it where it is, then it's like, hey, man, it's just kind of cool. Like it, it's it's like it's like watching a live action cartoon in a weird way. Like there's a little <laughs> seriousness, right? Like they're they're going to get you with a little bit of seriousness, but there's a whole lot of bright camp and fun, and it, it's 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 like. In 1995, that's a summer blockbuster movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's Very true. that's what it was. Yeah. When I, and I, yeah, I agree. These films in particular definitely feel like cartoon come to life. Yeah. Um, and and I I think 
that's a very okay thing because and anybody can really, if you turn your brain off, be entertained by it from kid to adult, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I, I agree with you, Kev, that if you meet these films and where they're at, you see that they fit in their own universe. Mm-hmm. Nothing about Val Kilmer or George Clooney's Batman feels out of place in their respective films. Yeah. No. Um, and it's very easy to say, well, but those just don't feel like, you know, the serious dark night Batman. Well, uh, honestly, though, if you go back to 89 and Returns, I don't think they do either. No. No. Um, Watch the Batman television show for Pete's sake. I, well, yeah. Very true. Like, yeah. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in that every Batman's been perfect for its thing. Sure. And I think it's only when we start comparing and crossing over fences that I, it, you start to see maybe a little disappointment or a little bit of uh, differences where you of start course. to feel lacking. Yeah. Yeah, there's of a Batman course. for every flavor. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, if you want to, okay. If you want to see a Batman with a body count, Keaton, <laughs> right? Yes. Keaton's Batman murked people constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to see a Batman that has a discover card, well, you got George <laughs> Clooney, right? Which yep. bothered me, which bothered me because like who sends him a statement? <laughs> like, right. Good point. Well, all of the things that have to happen for you to get a bat credit card, buddy. Yeah. Like what's yeah. his interest rate? I gotta right. know. <laughs> Does he just have like a carte blanche? Like what's going on here? Also, like, I mean, I guess people assume he's got money, but it's funny in that scene with Poison Ivy and Batman and Robin where it's just like $5 million. It's just like, wait a minute. All right, hang on, Batman. Yeah. How do you have that much money? Exactly. I am so happy you said that, (laughs) man. I am so happy because like, like Robin gives away the game. He's like, I'll borrow it from you. Wait a minute. Like, hmm. you live in Gotham. You have endless (laughs) amounts of money, apparently. Apparently. like someone's in the crowd being like anyone else picking up on this like right that's bruce wayne just pull up a list of millionaires in gotham and just go down the list i mean like i guarantee it's one right like no he's too geriatric no no this one's uh too dark-skinned uh what bruce wayne hmm it fits Right. Especially with George Clooney, like he didn't modulate his voice at all. No, like he didn't. it was just George Clooney. My thing. <laughs> right. He sounds see... just like George Clooney. His head does the George Clooney thing. <laughs> yes. I can't get over it. I love like, it because he's George Clooney and he does it in every movie. So it's yeah. like he's a very specific it, but... guy to get. He's a very yeah. specific yeah. guy to get. It was a choice. Um, yeah. George, George Clooney's like Robert Downey Jr. He's not going to play a character. He's going to play gonna... George Clooney. He's like, exactly. hey, I'm going to show up today. You're going to give me some lines to read. I'm going to put the cowl on. I'm going to read the lines, and you're going to pay me a whole lot of money, okay? Hey, cool. Because I'm George Clooney. Shut yeah, up. Exactly. Right. And I got to go shoot, shoot ER after this, okay? <laughs> right. And then somebody wants to talk to me about a goat. I don't know what that one's like. Um, well, so on that note, I mean, like, Justice, I know you were pretty definitive in last week's, and I know a lot of people are. Keaton is Batman for a lot of people, and I totally get it. I, I really like his outing, his mm-hmm. uh, films a lot. Um, but, like, Kilmer and, and Clooney, how, how, do, how do you feel uh, about those guys donning the cow for a little bit? And to be honest with you, I mean, like I said last um, in the last show, the eyebrows, Michael Keaton eyebrows is what 
does it for me. That's the face of Bruce Wayne slash Batman for me. Um, but Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, he, first of all, he wears a lot of black. He wears more black, I think, than any of the other Batmans. And I love, first of all, if y'all know me, if you know my favorite color, color is black. So, right. like, other than this, <laughs> like, everything else in my closet is black or, like, gray or whatever. So I love that he wore so much black in there. Um, but on top of that, I actually did like his voice. Yeah. His voice made sense to me as Batman. I mean, even, even Bruce Wayne, when he was, you know, he was talking to um, Chase, uh, Dr. Chase, he, I'm calling it Dr. Chase. I'm not going to call it Dr. Marie. It sounds better, <laughs> Dr. Chase. But <laughs> he, his, his Bruce Wayne voice sounds good. His Batman voice sounds good. And that's a big thing for me is the Batman voice, sure. you know? Um, so that was a big thing. His, his, <laughs> always the, the facial expressions with everybody in the costume is weird to me. Um, it's so hilarious because um, Michael Keaton, he has a thing where his suit is like, a big one piece, so he has to look up like that. You yeah. know, turn his whole body up. Um, Kilmer does this thing where he he does the turn to the left and right, where his <laughs> whole kind of head yep. goes, yeah. but his eyes shift before his. I watched I watched way too closely, but his eyes shift. That's why you're here. The his body. <laughs> but Clooney, Clooney. I mean, we talked about it. Clooney is Clooney. Um, you know, he's Clooney because he you know he has his head has his head shakes. Um, but. <laughs> I don't I don't have an issue with um I have some issues. I'm saying I have some issues. <laughs> like, I have some issues um with Clooney playing Batman. But how we just like we're talking about uh, everybody has their their own place in that movie. Even Michael Keaton had I, I was not a fan of the suits cuz that was around a time you know the 80s 90s where they had the shoulder pads and stuff and not a huge mm-hmm. fan of, of the suits in that movie. And I was like, Bruce Wayne would dress like that. He's too cool. But that's because, you know, in my day, shoulder pads wasn't as much. Right. Thing, it, was, you know, it wasn't in anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but Falcon were probably one of my favorites is the weird thing to say, just because the voice wow. and because he wore a lot of black. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. works. He definitely, he definitely fit uh, all around aesthetic, I think. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. you were saying, it's funny that each one kind of picked or I guess maybe the art department picked for them like what worked. So like yeah. with Keaton, it was a lot of turtlenecks. With him, yeah. it was a, it was uh, a lot of button coats because um, yeah. it was kind of that almost almost fancy but not quite fancy kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Comfortable. Yeah. Fancy. Um, and then Clooney's nothing but sweats. Watch that movie and yeah. tell me yeah. he doesn't own just a bunch yeah. of sweats. He is comfortable. All I'm, the time. I'm pretty sure God he walked him. away with the biggest check and yet wore the least expensive clothing. He's yeah. probably just Hill figure. Yeah. Probably. I mean, like, I think I'm partial as well to Val Kilmer just because I grew up watching Tombstone with my dad. And True. that man will always be Doc Holliday in my mind. <laughs> like, it, I'll He's be the a bad guy player. from um, MacGruber for me. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the most Iceman. accurate uh, film I, of his I love Val Kilmer, just yeah. in general. He's all right. I, you have such weird opinions with actors. I do, you know? You know? I, yeah, I, I can tell because Nick Cage is just staring at you. He's just staring you down. He's burning a hole in you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a special man. Um, 
watched I, The Rock last I, night. Don't tell me that you can't I will, watch it. I watched game. that for Sean Connery. Thank you. Very <laughs> one of my favorite movies. And yes, oh, Sean Connery. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. sir. And yes. um, I, I, I will say I, I, I knew I loved Keaton, so nothing really changed about my opinions going back to those for these episodes. Oddly enough, it is Kilmer's that um, kind of like I alluded to earlier, that was the one for me where it's just like, wow, I kind of really like this outing uh, for Batman. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, I just think the story was there that hadn't quite been there. It wasn't just a, uh, the A to B is Batman versus the Joker or Batman facing off these villains. Right. Uh, it, it seemed like the villain plot was even all far off to the side. And then the, yeah. the Bruce Wayne deal was the majority. Um, or at least that's kind of how I, I went into it. Sure. I think Batman Forever was incredibly well balanced between mm-hmm. the villains, the heroes, and the ancillary stuff, right? Like, I mean, because like like I said before, with like Batman Returns especially, um, the, the Catwoman and Penguin get a lot of screen time, right? Like yes, they dominate yeah. that movie. Good. With Batman <laughs> Forever... I mean, especially like let's talk about the casting choices for the villains because Tommy Lee Jones yes. is Two Face, Jim Carrey is the Riddler. You you can't get much better than that, and they went full tilt. Kev, Kevin, I'm in charge of this show. Sorry. Sorry. Does anybody <laughs> else feel like a fried egg? Let's talk about no. Let's talk about the villain. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, now let's talk about it. I I. I legitimately tried to make sure because last time I felt like we went way long on the villains because mm-hmm. I mean we Warranted. did it when we did it when we did the Spider-Man movies man oh, it's sure. just so good I don't know why sometimes the villains are so uh, dominating when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, these comic book films but um, I, when we talk about Suicide Squad like <laughs> oh right well I mean like heroes heroes don't get to hero without a foil Exactly. Yeah. And and kind of like man. you talked about when, uh, you know, why Batman's personally important to you, like that's definitive truths. It's it's a kid who went through tragedy and turned that into a weapon to prevent other tragedies. Mm-hmm. He might Ooh. struggle with putting on the cowl sometimes. He might have to learn some lessons still, but that's Batman. Like, mm-hmm. we don't really play with that much. The villains... Um, both in different outings with each one, because everybody likes to do a unique thing. Every Joker's got to be different. You know, Mm -hmm. everything's got to be unique. Um, But even within their own stories, they get to flex in ways the hero never really does. Certainly. Um, And and so it pays to get people, like you said, that are uh, insane. (laughs) Literally. Legitimately. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, as far as Batman Forever, all star casting right there. Oh yeah, yeah. This oh, was yeah. another one of those movies that we wore out the blockbuster VHS copy oh, yes. of Batman Forever, yeah. and yes. we annoyed my parents so much with screaming every single one of the Riddler's lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we talked about it when watching it of just like they that well, I mean, kind of the same thing they did with Clooney. I know, but they like they just. Sh- let them show up and yeah. do their thing. Do yeah. You got Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey. Like exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, and there's it, even like that, there's a self-aware line that Jim Carrey does at the end of Batman forever, where he does like that 
a god am i and he goes real deep like a death metal growl with that mm-hmm. is that over the top i can never tell like that's that's not the character that was jim carrey right you yeah. know and that guy was like <laughs> in the mid 90s he was a notorious scene stealer yeah. like notorious like people hated playing next to the guy because it's like how do you compete with that right i'll tell you how tommy yeah. lee jones exactly yeah. right well and that's what's funny Which- is their chemistry is so good for that because it feels like he is going to come in and do the carry thing of all right now i'm the villain mm-hmm. i look at me i'm the villain now um but there's constantly that tug of war yeah uh with them it doesn't get yeah. to a point like um like penguin and catwoman felt like it did where penguin was really big in the front half and then sidelined yeah mm-hmm. and then oh we should deal with him uh but let's make sure we resolve that selena kyle stuff yeah. Um, and resolve it they did yeah, yeah. what were you going to say justice oh no i was just thinking about the uh like you guys are saying the um the chemistry uh, uh, i remember watching the movie and it was a lot of um they did a lot of close scenes like tommy lee and, and jim carrey they were on each other you know like there were a couple times where jim carrey was like you know he was like hanging on him and stuff mm-hmm. like that and super obviously it's they animated Mm-hmm. Really, but in 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 doing some of the research on on that, from what I hear, they had a lot of beef. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, there was a lot of beef between them. Like to the point where uh, um, uh, Schumacher was like, "I don't want to work with either one of them ever again." <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. But there was beef, beef. Like it's crazy, yeah. but you would never see it on the screen. No, no. You know, I kept looking at the movie and I'm like, is there anything that shows, you know, I, I you know, I, uh, you know, a little body language or something like that. Nothing that called out, which says a lot about their acting skill and professionalism. So, yep. Yeah. That did not surprise me. That little tidbit did not surprise me because, you know, a little anecdote. Tommy Lee Jones had a house in our city here where I live in San Antonio and a company that I worked for previously had serviced his home and everyone knew. Don't talk to him. <laughs> Leave him alone. Because if you try to talk to him, he will let you know. And you will not be pleased with the outcome. You know, so he seems he, like that type. Yeah. Very much so. Like he's a you know, professional. He's I was gonna say, and I mean that in a in a fair way. Like he's a dude just like any other dude. Sure. Um, it's just that he definitely has a bit of a platform when he goes off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I have to go to get that? Like <laughs> Hollywood. Can I just like, like that the don't talk to me, right? Like, unless just, you want to get like smacked in the mouth. That just don't mess with me, energy. Yeah. Um, I like well, you can I tell you your hair, and you can get away with it. So I'm too approachable, <laughs> there you man. Go. <laughs> problem. I, I definitely think it's it's not surprising just because of like, especially the villains. The, the actors go through a lot to bring those to life. Um, yes. Both in Batman Forever, like in, in all of them, but we're talking about Batman Forever and in Batman and Robin, like the the kind of uh, physical work that they have to endure, the makeup, and mm-hmm. then capturing these bigger than life characters and keeping it up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I can see being very done with it. And it's one thing to do it for yourself, but then to have to put up with somebody else that also has to do it in their own way, mm-hmm. I would be pissed off quick with people. Absolutely. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have much left in the way of patience for that. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. like, and you got to hand to the Schumacher films because like when it comes to the villains, a one like Batman and mm-hmm. Robin especially like when they were thinking about Mister Freeze, 
and they're thinking and they're looking at the script and the script is like 97 percent just one-liners and they're like okay who do we get to sell this and like really commit to it who else but arnold schwarzenegger who right. else who else? Master. exactly because he commits he puts his whole oh, ass yeah. into that well and I, th I think there's a degree of like uh, pride there because I mean yeah. 80s action like you it's not just doing the action it's being able to quip with mm -hmm. it right yes because uh, you really didn't kick anybody's butt if you didn't insult them afterwards exactly. you know? Absolutely. Right. Um, cannot look into someone's face and go don't bother my friend he's dead tired and like <laughs> not kick some ass exactly like, right oh, and he's still my beating heart oh command <laughs> commando's right there this is a great time yeah. to test this button Blah. <laughs> there you go. The pun button. The button. button. Yes. Um. No. Yeah. Like, Ar Arnold did a lot. Uh. And and I get it's not necessarily, uh, the most memorable probably of his career. He's definitely done more drama since. He's done more comedy since. Mm -hmm. Um. But he does all of it in this yeah. movie. Yeah. He yeah, does. Yeah. The, he does the '80s action that he's built for. He does the humor that he's good at, and mm -hmm. he also does the seriousness that nobody expects from him. And he does yeah. it all so freaking it, well. It's all a hundred percent because that's Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger, and you do not expect less than a hundred bajillion percent from him. Oh, he commits fully, and like we got to give that's we got to give Batman and Robin some credit here. Like yes. they they pulled the Mister Free story directly from Heart of Ice. Mm -hmm. right? One of the most like titular Mr. Free stories that we ever got. And it, it, they, there's shades of that in Batman and Robin. Like it's mm. not the deepest shades of no. it, <laughs> but it's there. It's lady in ice yeah. or in water yeah. or in Bacta at this point. Yeah. Like wherever she's at. Gelatin uh, lady. Exactly. <laughs> Put your wife in a jello mold. Wait for her. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for fridge. a cure. Exactly. <laughs> Wait for a jello cure. Um, I mean, I think if he had the whole film, if he was the villain, I think more could have definitely been done there. Yeah, sure. I, I think a lot was chosen uh, for him to be able to balance. Because, like, to his opposite, you've got Uma Thurman doing an amazing job as Poison Ivy in a wow. very mm. different portrayal of that as well. She's not this sort of alluring altogether she villain she's kind of all crazy all the yes. time they they mm -hmm. definitely go for a, mu a, a much more unhinged side of it oh yeah and so i i think really the smart choice of mr freeze was that's a serious story to count contrast a ridiculous story absolutely absolutely and, and then bane and then, and then bane <laughs> Oh, Bane. I love Bane. Bane. Yeah. I love him so much. I think he's just an. I think he's an. He's a misunderstood soul. Yeah, I, I mean, the ending oh, scene where he's placing the bombs in the observatory, just going bomb, bomb. <laughs> Dude, there, there's a kid that comes to our class. That's that. Yeah, like you, <laughs> you, you give them a job, that. and and they talk through it, and it's just this same thing over and over. And it's just like, you okay, buddy? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Um, we'll talk to you later. I, I, I love it. I don't, I don't know that there's too much to say about Bane, but he's definitely. I'm always he's happy a lot to of see fun. Bane. Honestly, I, I'm always happy to see Poison Ivy in general. Yeah. I'm always I happy. Mean, to yeah, see I would like to see more of her. 
Yeah. That sounds like, bad. Just say, I heard from myself say that. <laughs> I mean, well, like, you, you, and the, you and the entire crowd at the auction, man. Like, right. Oh, my right. gosh. Can we talk about that awkward scene? Oh. Right. Okay. First, we're going to talk about the entire monkey dance that leads up to the auction scene, which was for some Way reason, longer than I remember. It was the sticking <laughs> yeah. point of that movie in my mind for so long. I could not remember what it was from for the longest time. But then I rewatched it like a few years ago and I was like, oh, the monkey, yeah. <laughs> the sexy Uma Thurman monkey. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, try not to feel things. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, like that whole that whole um, ball thingy. What was it? I, I don't I mean, I, I know what they were doing. Like they were um, auctioning off. Like the idea is like dance with one pretty lady to dance with her. You've got to be the highest bidder and the the money goes towards the the telescope thing yeah uh, like there's plot there is plot they're, yeah, they're trying to lure mr freeze in with a diamond exactly. right yeah. um but like i want to know who was in charge of planning that party because that that was the wildest thing also it's for a science observatory and you went with plants and nature and yeah, jungle they went with yeah let's, yeah let's... i mean like I just feel sorry for the person who has to clean up after that. Like this, the janitors afterwards, after Mr. Freeze has like demolished the place. And like, oh, one absolutely. guy, like, I'm not cleaning this. I'm done. Right. No, that, that Brachiosaurus is not going back up. After no. This. no, no, there could be an entire subplot of the movie of just like, just workers being like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm moving to Metropolis. That's well, it. and, and speaking of workers, like uh, a big shout out, to the real life workers who made those sets come to life because yes. as, as much as i tease how ridiculous the nature ball was and it whatnot was beautiful um oh yeah that the the uh museum scene oh, like uh in forever um two faces lair yeah that well was insanely oh, there's yeah. there's so many sets oh, yeah. in in these versus just the streets of gotham or mm -hmm. warehouses of the burton uh films here you know uh somebody used a classic uh star wars kenner line to describe these films you know the toyetic uh mm -hmm. nature of these films um the idea that everything is selling a toy mm -hmm. is apps these are play sets mm -hmm. yeah through and yeah. through and i want yeah. them <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's no coincidence that like batman forever was the first batman film in which he had a costume change and yeah. that right. costume change was not entirely serving the story. It was like, this looks no, cool not. and kids are going to buy that toy. Which you know? it switches back right in the middle of the movie and then they go back to the silvery costume. Yeah. Mm. At least it does for Robin. No, that in Batman and Robin. In Batman yeah. Robin. Um, but That's right. I, I will say it made more sense in Forever than it did in Batman and Robin because at least the Riddler blew up the suits in yes. Forever. Yes. So it's kind of a, all right, so this is the... This is the ba basement suit. Yeah, it was uh, always weird. Like, oh, we have these ice suits just in case. Like, it's a right. cold day yeah. out. <laughs> oh, the boots with his ice skates come out. Yes, <laughs> yes right. That was ridiculous. Well, and Dude, um, that had like that had shark repellent bat spray written all over it. Exactly. <laughs> well, and uh, another friend of the show and uh, a Schumacher Batman apologist as well, um, Andy, who was on a few episodes back talking yeah. with us about solo a star wars story they made a great point uh that you know these are the films that follow fairly directly to adam west's yeah mm -hmm. 
you know, mm -hmm. those kind of goofy things where they have something for every possible ridiculous situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, well, I mean, fiddle, Batman. I, Val Kilmer's Batman would not have felt out of place running around the streets with a bomb trying to figure out where to put it. Like, mm -hmm. no, it, yeah. it, it, it's such a beautiful observation and definitely one that if you kind of adopt that uh, view of these, I think you have way more fun with them. Yeah, for sure. sure. And something that I forgot to bring up earlier, but you reminded me with Batman Forever. Everyone is horny for Batman. Every single person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Batman Forever is yeah. the thirstiest Batman movie. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Dr. Chase Meridian. <laughs> well, yeah, because like Batman's yeah. not, he's not in the shadows. Like in Batman yeah. Returns and in, 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 in the first Batman, he's kind of like in the shadows and you know, the cops don't want to talk about him that much or anything like that. Yeah. Batman Forever, he's on the cover of Time. Exactly. Like, like he's a course. celebrity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that the other night about how hard, how difficult that would be to, to compete mm -hmm. with like, like Batman and Bruce Wayne. Like it's difficult for Bruce Wayne to compete with Batman, which yeah. makes Damn. sense for him that that whole smile when he was like, yeah, she likes me. But that's, that's, I thought about that. I'm like, that's crazy to have to compete with, you know, mm -hmm. Batman, a person that who you are, you know, like, do you at some point, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit and I'm going to make myself a little more cheesy so that Bruce Wayne can shine oh. a little bit. Or, exactly. Right. Don't know, wash the bat Bruce... suit before you, you go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> then you take advantage of that. You're like, hey, nobody knows who I am. I can talk and say whatever I want to any lady that I want to say it to. Like, there's so many things like there's so many layers to to the competition that they can have. And I feel like that can mess with you a little bit mentally also. I think that's what speaks to the character. And I mean, like the uprightness of, of Bruce's character that he doesn't go that route. Cause that'd be the easy thing is to create a completely opposite uh, alter ego. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I kind of like, we've alluded to last week, I think it was you justice where it's just like, you know, Batman is really who he is. Af mm -hmm. After that traumatic event, he became Batman yeah. and he constantly by day puts on a costume of Bruce Wayne. And so I, I think there's not really this, um, well, I've got to, I've got to separate. I've got to differentiate. It's more just this. I, I've got to hide who I really am kind of thing yeah. uh, instead of trying to compete with those natures. But I do like, I mean, they obviously highlight it with the romanticism and the, the sex appeal and everything, but like, that's, that's really the dilemma, right? Is it's just like people like Batman, they don't like Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's so hard to be true to myself and to know who I really am when sure. I've got fans like that. Sure. And then like one thing they kind of touch on, if like if nothing else, they scratch the surface of it in Batman Forever and in Batman and Robin is like there's probably a little part of Bruce Wayne that wants a normal life, mm -hmm. like a little bit, Absolutely. you know, and there's always the conflict because, you know, how normal can you be when you've got this mission? Right. Like right. like uh, Clooney's Batman, like he, he is very dismissive to that, like throwaway character that he's dating in the yeah. movie. He's yeah. very dismissive because he, so he at that point. He realizes, exactly. you know, what, what kind of normal life am I going to have? You know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But like well, I said, they only scratch the surface of that. Yeah. They, oh, they yeah. Um, and, and I'll say 
one of the biggest things that definitely was different upon rewatch for me, just since you bring up Clooney, um, like he was just George Clooney. He was just very straight uh, mm -hmm. in the majority of this film. Uh, in Batman and Robin, the thing that really works for me and the reason I would care to rewatch it at all is because of like how emotional the Alfred and Bruce stuff was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I, like, I don't know, but I have to believe maybe that's the lines they had him read that sold them of like, no, this is our guy for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, because he gives way more energy, I think, to bringing emotion and life to those scenes than he does at all as Batman. And I think oh, yeah. that's important. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved the, the, the humanity of Bruce for once uh, yeah. in Batman and Robin. Yeah, and it's kind of funny about Batman and Robin is that like Alfred has a better arc than Bruce does. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he really does. Very and it's, true. And it's it's good because like in in Batman and Batman Returns and even Batman Forever, Alfred is kind of relegated to a background in a way. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. he doesn't facilitate like the 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 entity in Bruce's life that's always trying to keep him a little grounded. Like you know the the best Alfred is the one that's sarcastically quipping at Bruce and you know ribbing him and jibing him to kind of keep him grounded like okay dark knight you know yeah right and you finally get a little bit of of alfred growing into a character in batman and robin you know and it's it's cool because like michael michael go is that his name yeah. is that his name? Uh, okay i think so i know it, i know it's go go or go yeah something. like amazing actor amazing yeah. actor and oh, finally yeah. after four films they give yeah. him something to chew on yeah Exactly. Right. Like he's not just right. furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I, I they definitely no, man, really... but he's... go ahead. Yeah, we gotta stop doing this, John. We gotta <laughs> right. <laughs> Meet in the middle dancing around each other. It's cute, honestly. No. <laughs> yeah, it is it's me. I paused for a long time before I said <laughs> No, but uh I mean me talk about Alfred, man, like this um love matchmaking thing, man. Like, I don't know what to do with it. Like, in every movie, that's, like, his sole mission. It's like, I, I, you cool, got you, do Batman thing, whatever you want to do to get, you know, help you sleep at night. But when you come back home, it's this girl that I met at the store that she seemed like she might be real interesting. Y'all right. should hook up. She's blonde, because that's yeah. your only oh, type, apparently. Go to her. Blonde women are the go only ones that her. exist in Gotham. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. They definitely didn't know what to do fully with Alfred. No. Um, and, and that's clear. And I, I don't think it's necessarily a negative in any, any of the films. I think it's just like you said, it's it's stark when it does escalate beyond just the, you know, putting up the bat suit kind of just kind of just being there. Yeah. Because, I mean, Alfred functions best when you realize that he's Bruce's only family. Yeah. And that is Bruce's only right. father figure. And he means something to him. Alfred yeah. is not just the guy who brings him dinner right. in bed, you know? And right. like when he gets to, sh when Alfred gets to shine, he gets to shine in a mm -hmm. lot of movies. And, you know, it was, that's the nice thing about Batman and Robin is that you like Alfred gets a moment in the sun. And, yeah. And you get more of that Jiminy Cricket vibe that I think he's really supposed to kind of exemplify as mm -hmm. his, his conscience. Oh yeah, you know, uh, he he's the one steady light and reason yeah. for Bruce. 
constantly oh, yeah. versus humanity. Yeah. I mean, like one of my favorite examples of that is uh, Jeremy Irons in Batman v Superman, because mm-hmm. almost every scene in which it's just Bruce and Alfred, it is Alfred desperately trying to get Bruce to come back and step away from the edge and realize you've crossed the line. You are going too far. You need to pull back. And Bruce is just, nope. You know? Right. And I mean, that for my money, it's, it's really a toss up between Michael Caine and, and Jeremy Irons. But, um, you know, that was the one thing that would, that was a little missing from the nineties films, but I still like Michael go. Yeah. Oh yeah. He does yeah, phenomenal. He, he with does it. wonderfully. Yeah. yeah. And he had some great puns. Shall I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir? I'll get you. I I think a lot of the characterization, obviously, uh, especially for these films, went to, uh, you know, their version of the boy wonder. You know, Mm -hmm. Chris O'Donnell as Robin, uh, and then uh, Silverstone as um, yes, uh, that girl. Well, what what she's not she's not Gordon. She's not Barbara Gordon. She's Barbara's. No, she's not Barbara Gordon. Yeah, no. which that one I didn't Barbara really like. Barbara Pennyworth, maybe. I, I guess know. Pennyworth. Yeah. I guess. Um, I I think it was just so that they had a way to introduce her because yeah. if you realize this Commissioner Gordon doesn't really hang with Batman. He doesn't, doesn't do anything. No, he, he's furniture. Exactly. Yeah. he is furniture. <laughs> yeah, he is furniture to be sat on by poison ivy. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he wishes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so don't we all? But yeah, like it's <laughs> took my way. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Bat family emphasizes definitely on uh Robin and eventually sort of uh Batgirl. Yes. Um I sort I, of. I get the vibe they were going for of I mean, because they both films end the same way, right? It's Batman yeah. and Robin running towards the screen and the end right. it's it's all three. Mm-hmm. The family grows. Exactly. And I feel like what they gave Alicia Silverstone was he like you you know what you did in Clueless, where you had this character who was ditzy and beautiful, but also smart. Try and do that again, but we're not gonna give you nearly as much character development. Yeah. Right. I, we we don't know who Batgirl is, so instead just be female Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You are book smart, but we're not gonna explore that. You can ride motorcycles. But we're only going to explore that a little bit. Yeah. And like, I, I, I don't know. That entire like crust punk motorcycle race scene was amazing. Great. It oh, yeah. just a little bit too long, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, that's kind of the, you know, they they did what they could with an hour and a half runtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I, I think that's the biggest thing is it's just because uh, they were also still dealing with Batman and Robin. Like mm-hmm. that after one film, understandably, it's not a set thing. They're not completely in their gears yet. Yeah. And and so you you still have this developing relationship. Now we're gonna add another uh character to grow into that as well. It's just it's the classic Spider Man conundrum of too much, not enough time. Yeah. Um it's just with the heroes instead of the villains this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because the these films are bold in how big they go. Yes. Uh, yeah. With not a lot of basis for why this should work. Why should it work to have two and a half villains versus three, two and a half heroes? You know. Yeah. I mean, that's biting off a lot. Yeah. And it was it was pretty common, I think, for superhero movies or comic book movies around that time. Was like it was so so much emphasis on the spectacle. 
right? It was yeah. like, look at these awesome new visual effects and we can make Batman fall off a roof and it's one seamless shot. Or look at this Batmobile launching off the, the ledge. Like it was so much spectacle that sometimes the story suffered because they weren't, they didn't have the screen time to dig in deep to that because it's like the VFX departments is like, Hey, check this out. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and But that's, that's a, that's a film of the time. It was pretty endemic for that time. Um, but yeah, I, I still like the Batmobile launching off stuff. That was cool. Oh, that is, that was oh, very yeah. cool. I, this was the Batmobile I owned as a kid. I, I remember it specifically, uh, the blue translucent plastic with, uh, the tires and the, the engine part. Don't know mm -hmm. why it's such a weird design choice, but it looked so good. Um, you know, so it's just like that. It, it did its job for me as oh, yeah. a kid in that I fell in love with Batman. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was these in the animated show where it's just like, yeah, I, I think I like Caped Crusaders. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, everyone's been Batman yeah. curious once. In their life. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm glad that you got to explore that. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just I, I I get stoked on the Batman Forever Batmobile. It's probably one of my favorites. But but when I went to Warner Brothers a few years back, they have the Batman hangar kind of thing. Mm. The Batmobile at the time from Batman and Robin was there. And I was like, OK, that thing is sleek. Well, I mean, it is cool. It, it, the Batmobile is a perfect example of these films where it's just like, say what you will. It's different, but mm -hmm. you would you still want it. Oh yeah, you, de you definitely still want it. You oh yeah, you love this. As long as it shoots fire out the back, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm good to go. I'm it's good right. to go. It doesn't matter that every single one of his vehicles were destroyed in every oh, in five minutes too. Oh yeah, who cares? I I mean, love... It's a good thing he's rich. Right. right. I, I I love that. I mean, because and especially for the finale, right? That's the big thing. All right, we get the new suits. We suit up montage. Now we go in the cool new rides. And they mm -hmm. last five minutes. It's, yeah. It's so funny. Like toys. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because I mean, yeah. that's what they were trying to sell. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. hey, kids, you like this? Go to the store and buy it. And they Good certainly did. And we did. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think that just encapsulates these films, like I said. I mean, like, you still look at the Batmobile and yeah, it's different and weird. It's it's unique for sure. Very much uh, so. But we'd all still be jazzed about it. And, oh, and yeah. these movies are mm -hmm. the same way. They're... They're no Michael Keaton. They're definitely no Christian Bale. They're not dark and broody consistently, um, but they still hit a lot of the same beats and they're consistently, for the most part, entertaining. Oh, yes. yeah. Like, I'll tell you this right now, man. Like, if, because DC Animated has done a few um, animated films, like set in the 66 universe. Mm. If they mm. wanted to do a couple, like an animated film set in the Schumacherverse, I would be first in line. Be there. I'm, I'm here for it. Well, and that's the thing is like I we talked about it like, you know, if you really love uh, the Keaton outing with Burton's whole aesthetic. Great. They're making comics right now for you. Mm -hmm. Right. I really hope Schumacher's next Yeah, oh, because yeah. oddly enough, I'm left where like the last one I felt was a really good time capsule, like a good beginning, middle end across two films with a particular uh iteration of batman um would it have been cool to see more sure but i also feel pretty satisfied oh, these yeah. leave me like no i would read the heck out of some comic issues dedicated to this colorful little world absolutely, oh, absolutely. i think it could be done very well 
if you get the right artist, like it could be as vibrant as these movies. And I, oh, I yeah. want to see it oh, desperately. Yeah. Have fun with it. I think I exactly. like remit like I don't know. And and as much as I love Marvel and the MCU, I do think it's done a disservice to comic book fans and film uh, because it's it's raised the expectations we have for the realism of comic book films. Yeah. Um, right. Now, to their credit, they still keep it fun. Mm-hmm. They yeah. keep it very true uh, to the various forms of these characters and stories that they're bringing to film. Uh, you know, they they still manage to make it uh, funny and interesting. Yeah. Uh, but good movie they're super high quality yeah. and we now think that everything comic um or superhero-esque has to be that yeah uh when in reality its roots are in goofiness and mm-hmm. silliness and just fun yeah i can't remember the last time i sat back watching a marvel movie and went like like i did a few times with uh batman and robin like this movie sucks i love it. <laughs> yeah. this is so much fun yeah. But it's very bad. Yeah, you never get the awful but good quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. you never get that. Even remarkably consistent. Yeah, yeah. Even in the Marvels like shows, you kind of get um, it. It doesn't really add up to that standard. Um, mm-hmm. And you're even looking for even in the Marvel shows, you know, you're even looking for like, is that it? Is that it? You gonna do more? Are we gonna do more? Are we gonna do more? Right. Just trying to live up to that the that quality, man. That's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, to their credit, they continue to deliver. Um, I can say I've seen everything so far, and Marvel still hasn't let me down. Yeah. Um, But I've become much more careful of viewing Marvel as Marvel, uh, or I should say viewing the MCU as the MCU. That is a very particular universe. Um, And viewing the rest of it, comic book and all that, because, I mean... I had I had the wrestling with um, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. um, the the latest one when it came out, where yeah, it's just the like Suicide Squad, like this is ridiculous. Yeah, this yeah. is just it nonsense for ninety minutes. Like I loved it. it yeah, it, I'm about to say I loved it. Yeah, it was no, so good. I, I I had to work myself around it because I I was looking for Marvel in a non Marvel movie. Yeah. I was looking for Marvel in a superhero movie, or well, anti hero, uh, and I, I was watching it wrong. I, I'll I'll just say, yeah. Um, and, and I think it's very easy to do considering there's 26 freaking Marvel movies. There's three new ones every year. It's they dominate. Yeah, and it almost feels like they're telling you how to view comic book films. Uh, it's it's the same thing of like when people try and I replicate Star Wars to a point. I think it's just like like mm-hmm. it's its own universe, guys. Enjoy yep. Star Wars as Star Wars. Don't try and do Star Wars in the Old West or try and do, you know, uh, try and recapture that in some other thing. Yeah. It, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, and like, and fundamentally, the DCEU is just messy. It's just messy. <laughs> and it, it, it always will be. Like, but the, the starkest contrast is that the MCU is remarkably consistent. They, they, you know what you're going to get every time. And with DC, it's just like they're rolling the the giant wheel. And it's like, whatever we land on, that's what you get. Yeah. Right. And you kind of have to go into it letting 
each entity be its own thing and you kind of have to abandon the idea of like everything is connected there's no there's yeah. like whatever threads are connecting these things they're very thin like correct you know you're not getting connecting large... the dceu is david dosmolchen <laughs> yeah let's yeah, be that's honest it. uh that's it yeah like you you hit the nail on the head is it's just like take everything as its own thing like even these movies right like even trying to connect these four movies in the same universe as they try to insinuate you should do like it's okay if they're also each their own yeah like if batman and returns are one if um batman forever is one and batman and rob like it's okay to take it that way it's yeah. it's okay for it just to be one movie mm -hmm. i know it's a lost concept uh sagas and trilogies abound in today's uh you know film market but it's like you know no it's, sometimes it's just one goofy movie yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of what James Gunn is doing in the DCEU right now. I sure. I from what I've seen of Peacemaker, it is just oof. And, and, and I, I'm absolutely okay. They do connect it, but I'm absolutely yeah. okay if um we lost justice. And, uh, um, I'm not okay if we lost justice. Gotham. Uh but I'm okay if um the only thing that connects is Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want a rat catcher project at some point because <laughs> yeah. i love her dearly i mean like right. what i've got to hand it to is because with, with my relationship with the dceu is a little fraught like in the sense mm -hmm. that i accept it for what it is it's the like i said before it's the messy best friend that you know yes. you realize that best friend is messy you wish it would get their their stuff together but, but it's okay love to watch it exactly so like i i would have loved to have seen the five film arc that Zack snyder had planned i think Warner Brothers definitely dropped the ball with the level of intrusiveness and control they tried to exact over that one guy's vision. Mm -hmm. But I, th I, I think I can confidently say that since then they've kind of learned from that mistake in the sense that they are letting filmmakers be filmmakers and lean into their own creative visions. You know, James Gunn being uh, a, a huge example of that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to give you a rated R Suicide Squad and you're going to release it. Or Matt Reeves saying, uh, "My Batman films are not going to be connected to anything, and you're going to release it." Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's and that's okay. Or Andy Muschietti saying, "Like, um, I'm going to have multiple Batman. I will have Ben Affleck in his swan song performance, and then I'm bringing back Keaton, baby. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And you're going to release it. Um, whoever's in charge at, at at Warner Brothers now kind of figured out, like, okay, if we start messing with these, you know, directors' visions too much." we tend to turn out really bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and, and I think that's the thing. I, I think that now DC is starting to get it in that, like the messy and the uh, disconnected and the independent is okay. And maybe mm -hmm. that's our thing. Maybe we don't try and force an MCU for the DC. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody, nobody asked you to. Yeah, um, <laughs> they certainly yeah, wanted asked, to. We just we just want a good Batman movie. Yeah, uh, you know, like, and, and and that's what has me hopeful for um, the Batman. Oh, here sure. Soon is is because yeah. it's not trying to do too much. It's just trying to be a Batman movie, uh, which we haven't had arguably since since these. I'd yeah. say. I mean, you know, Nolan. That's a whole other capsule of a universe mm -hmm. the nolan that... films are good oh yeah but they're mostly just action movies not necessarily batman movies 
they're yeah, the I mean, they're the closest to MCU realism quality that DCU's been able to capture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's they stand alone for a number of reasons, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean they were definitely they were definitely part of that because like you could you could okay you could uh, you could honestly look at Batman and Robin if we can if we're gonna loop this back to the the films. Batman and Robin was kind of like the 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 swan song of the big 90s blockbuster superhero film because after that you could say that the you could argue that the modern era of comic book films began with one of three films i think you can make an argument for all three of these blade x-men or spider-man mm-hmm. ghost rider was in there too that was I'm a little not, later i'm not i'm not going to take ghost rider away from you i Thank i you. i am more terrified of your bullying wrath <laughs> Then <laughs> she can, act- she can actually hurt me. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> like you could argue that those three films kicked off the modern age of comic book films. Yes, and and since then it is just it's gotten more refined. It's become more character driven and less like the spectacles part of it, but it's more character driven. And you know, that's the MCU really took that concept and we're like, not only are we going to do character driven films, we're also going to connect everything, but DC, I love, I find the characters more fascinating in DC because they're literally gods that are trying to fit into a human world. And it's so, it's like a recipe for ridiculousness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I find that, I find that appealing. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back justice. Hi. Hey buddy. Yeah, same, same here, same here. <laughs> yeah. No, no beat missed. No, no one needs to know. No. Um, well, now that we got you back, um, one of the things we are aiming to end every episode on uh, is something like I mentioned. We learned from Spider-Man. No Way Home highlighted that every Spider-Man is valid for their own reasons, um, and by golly, I think we all agree every Batman is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically we have two to contend with, but for these Batman mans, uh, for you, what's their thing? What, what makes these worth it justified and, and appealing for you? Oh man. Um, shoot. I, I'm trying to try not to go down this rabbit hole. Um, I think they all kind of specifically touch on, different things that made him him. Um, there's a lot of things that cover uh, Batman. And one of the reasons why he's one of my favorite, well, he is my favorite, um, is he is, there's so many layers to this guy. Like, I don't think they touch on enough of his intelligence in most of the movies. Um, but that's a huge, I mean, detective, you know, I mean, it's thing. But um, every single one touches on like a different part. Uh, one may may touch on his childhood a little bit more. That made him him obviously, and all of them that made him him technically. But more one of them touches on a little bit more. Um, some touches on his relationship with uh, the Rob with Wonder Robins, whichever one that is at the time. Um, then you have some that touches on his relationships and and how that. And, you know, how that's affected in his life. And then other things touch on um, his relationship with Alfred, which we talked talk about a little bit earlier. Um, but so many things that make him him, I feel like you can't take you can't just take one. 
Um, you have to kind of take all of the pieces and all of the parts uh, to make him, him. Even the martial arts part where, um, you know, we talk about the, you know, Christian Bell Batman, where he's took some time to talk about, hey, yo, he trained. For he legit hour. learned how to kick butt. Yeah, that- exactly. So, you know, that touched more on that, which I don't think any of the other Batmans did uh, that. So, yeah, man, give me give me a little bit of everything. Give me a little bit of everything to make me the perfect Batman. I'll be good. There you go. It's a smorgasbord. Of, Absolutely. Um, Batman. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Kev? What 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 does it for you for these these Batmans? Honestly, man, it's the, it's the spectacle. Because, like, you know, Batman Forever gives you a little bit to chew on up here a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they get into a little bit of pathos. Um, Batman and Robin is literally just one of those movies like I'm going to shut this off and just enjoy myself. You know, you don't have to think too much. And it's it's refreshing to go back to these films to just have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to think anything major about it. You don't have to doesn't have to make you question anything. You don't have to have an existential crisis because you watched a Batman movie. But like you could just like, hey, you know what? For an hour and a half, I had fun. You yeah. know, and I think that that's nest. It's a necessary balm because I think what is what is equally amazing about the modern age we live in with comic book films is it gives us so much to chew on, but sometimes it can be a lot, you know, like I, I, I can, I can, I think I can speak for everybody that once we see the Batman, we're going to have to watch it a couple of times because there's going to be so much stuff that it's oh, just yeah. like, okay, I can't process all this at once. Mm-hmm. You watch Batman forever in the movie theater in 1995. You processed, you processed all of it at once. It was yes. like, nice. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, I like that. It's, it's it's nice to dip back into that. Plus, like, man, there's memories associated with these movies, you know, like I remember my my aunt told me about it in like early 95 that I had never I hadn't had no idea Batman was coming out. My aunt lives in California for a little like, added context. And when she told me about that movie coming out, my seven, six year old brain was like, is that what people in California do? They just know these movies are coming out. <laughs> like, like right. is that a thing you live in california you just you're in the know that's fascinating you know and then of course like the mcdonald's uh cups you remember those cups yeah. they released like with oh, the awesome designs on it it's it's nostalgia city man it's absolutely it's right in the veins pepsi tastes better in those cups absolutely 100 oh, yeah. for sure i i definitely agree i think um each each of these films did something with the character that was unique to each of them uh, and what they definitely strive to do was be way more fun mm-hmm. um, and and kind of open the door for being able to have fun with dark characters. Because uh, I really think if you're paying attention, none of the darkness of Batman necessarily goes away. Sure. Uh, it's definitely softened maybe, but it's, not, it's still yeah. there. He's still Batman. Um, you just maybe... Like you said, you're you're more entertained than um, engaged. And that's, that's a good okay. way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's absolutely okay. Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I think modern age, we're going to get a pretty complex Batman to chew on. And yeah. uh, the next Batman uh, series we talk about here with Nerdyverse is Good, just just as dense as I expect this new outing to be. Boy, howdy, is it dense. Um, in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, we've got uh, the Nolan trilogy yes. um, to sit with. And my gosh, that's going to be interesting to cover three dense films yes. uh, in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to a point that I made like 
15 minutes ago, the only thing connecting the DCU is David Delsmalchen. The Dark Knight was his first movie. That's true. It, insane. That's true. Like, he really is the core of the DCEU, even before it blossomed. Right. You're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong. And he is a treasure. He is absolutely fantastic. Go read Count Crowley if you haven't, by the way. <laughs> it is a wonderful story. Uh, well, and, and speaking of treasures, both of you guys are absolute yeah. bat treasures. Uh, we, we appreciate y'all so much. <laughs> uh, justice for your, your second time, uh, but not last, joining us. And then, uh, exactly. Kev, you as well. You'll be back for some more Batmans. Yes, uh, plenty more to discuss and chew on for sure. Um, Kev, uh, with, with your podcast and everything, uh, where can the people find you if they want to follow you and your bat thoughts? Uh, first off, don't don't follow the podcast. <laughs> hey. like, don't don't debase yourself. You got more. Hey. You have better things to do with your time. Yeah, um, you're talking to our listeners. They've already got low standards. You're good. Exactly. You're okay, okay, fair enough. So if you want <laughs> to hear more of my garbage thoughts, um, you can go check out the Force Losers podcast. Uh, it's on every platform: Spotify, Apple. We're on YouTube. Whenever Brad gets off his butt and post things um it, it, my twitter handles right down there at, at force underscore losers i'm one of those people that like posts personally from the podcast account as opposed to getting my own podcast account because it's been like four years and i'm not doing it um <laughs> but, yeah that's it that's i'm really really bad at like the selling that's thing fine. it is high quality garbage folks yeah. i mean <laughs> come to the dump nothing nothing <laughs> smells worse but better they're they're the they're the mcdonald's to our burger king guys um <laughs> it's true we're right across the street from each other uh and then uh justice i think you're the smoothie king uh in all of this yes, you <laughs> you're the a and w um nice there we go and you, you've got your handle there, and um, I know you do your social media fitness stuff and everything. Um, yeah. You have uh, places that people can find and follow you to learn how to build their perfect bat body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if, you want, if you want actual bat pecs instead of molded ones, uh, follow yeah. Justice. Yeah, you got to get the, the perfect nipples, man. Those work out. Um, <laughs> it's all in that, you, can, you can do that. Oh. You can build the perfect nipples, yes. Oh, yeah. No, but um, uh, the one you see on the screen is uh, more of me, more of me and my my journey. Um, but as far as uh, getting with me, as far as training and everything like that in the business, uh, that is at Gorilla Intensity. And that's everywhere you go. You'll find it at Gorilla Intensity on Instagram, Gorilla Intensity on Facebook. All one word um, on Twitter is Gorilla Intensity without the Y. Because there's only so much space for the letters. <laughs> intense. Intense. <laughs> intense T. In my mind, it's like intense capital T. You know, so, you know, nobody cares. But, intense yeah. cup care. of tea. Uh, yeah. yeah, Justice was actually smart with his branding. And <laughs> he, he got uh, unanimous branding, whereas I think we're different everywhere you go. Uh, but that's so. why we put links in the description. There you go. Um, go. And so, yeah, definitely check out Kevin Justice and their various uh, adventures, bat and otherwise related. Um, uh, we definitely appreciate having them. Uh, and we look forward to being back with Batmans. Uh, like I said, in a couple of weeks, we are uh, taking some time to talk some Star Wars because that is our first love. Uh, and uh, we've got to talk about Boba Fett. Uh, he's, he's my Batman. 
uh, of the Star Wars um, Heavy if I had to put it away. Uh, and so we've got to take some time to chat about uh, definitely not a controversial series at all. Star Wars is never controversial. Spinning is a good trick. Everybody's yeah. got positive things to say about Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, beginning of March, we're taking some time to celebrate Rebels. Um, Star Wars Rebels, uh, the show, uh, ended on March 5th. Uh, golly. Several years ago. I want to say six. It was 2016, I want to say. Um, sounds about the last time my heart was broken. Right. Uh, <laughs> you want to, yeah. You want to talk about some emotional damage. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. And so uh, what better way to process that tend to, than to share what we love? We're going to have some cool guests for that as well. Uh, just trust that the guests for all future content are the main appeal. And just come back for uh, all the awesome people we're going to have joining us and chatting with us about all of the cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> we will not be talking about Jason Batman. Um, uh, that's, that's a very different, uh, kind of content. You can come Jerry. on for that one. Sure. <laughs> um, but you should definitely come back next Friday at nine live yeah. here. Or, uh, if you're getting this in your ears after the fact, we do appreciate you. Be sure to check out yeah. the links, uh, in all of the descriptions everywhere for all of the important stuff, uh, like our patron, uh, because somehow people give us money, uh, and all of that other good stuff. Nice. And so, uh, other than that, um, do you do you have anything else for the people, Boop? Keep on nippling. Keep on nippling. You heard it here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee.